0: night edition at least during this recording late night edition of the extra basis podcast with bristol and booth jason bristol jeremy booth jeremy what was that picture you sent me on twitter or excuse me uh a text you sent me what was that what was that photograph
1: i was walking uh bernie earlier, yeah as i'm prone to do bernie likes to go on a walk before dinner so i was walking around
0: should i now, set it up though before you tell people yeah sure go ahead uh basically there's a picture of jeremy smiling <laughs> with the uh, for the H sign. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure the Astros for the H sign. I'm not exactly sure. Is that like a yard ornament? What is that?
1: Yeah, it's a yard. I guess that's one of those things that people put in, in front of their house, right? is so, it a flag? No, it was just, it's a, it was just a, like one of those signs you get at the game, I guess, if you weigh it for the H or whatever it was. I don't know. Okay. But he put it on, he, he or she put it on a, a sticker and stuck it in their garden. So I was walking Bernie and Bernie, you know, Bernie's prone to do before dinner. He has to have this pre-dinner walk now. I don't know what that's about, but we're walking around and uh, I see this sign. I was like, I got to take a picture. This thing's funny. It's hilarious. I don't, I don't know if that was last year or the year before, but um, yeah, that was one of those things that I thought was kind of funny.
0: Oh, so it's not recent? Uh, I don't
1: know. That picture's today. Oh, that's what I thought. I don't know when the sign was there. The sign looks like it's got gotcha. faded, but
0: that's the first time I saw it. it was, I was like, yeah. why are you going to send me a picture that's like nah, – No, <laughs> it was
1: today. You were too old. Of course, I was laughing about it because, you know, was, we talked about the Astros, you know, all the time, and uh, this is
0: 2021. and um, It's off to a little bit of a rocky start. Start <laughs> started well. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny – It's funny, I always go back to to what you say, and I always think these should be on (laughs) T-shirts. Aircraft carriers. Yeah. You say you have your aircraft carriers, your Springers, your Carlos Correa's, your Bregman? Bregman's an aircraft carrier, right? He can be, yeah. can be. And unfortunately for the Astros, when you have aircraft carriers, or fortunately, They can hide a lot of deficiencies with your little gunboats.
1: Yes, that's true. Yes. So
0: Some of the issues that you're seeing thus far, and yes, I know Jeremy says all the time, you're talking, these guys are in the big leagues for a reason. They're the 1% of the 1%. We're not taking that away. But Miles Straw, for example, has gotten off to a horrible start. Not Not just at the plate, but also in the field. And I think that, A lot of times when you are playing guys who are probably better suited for uh, a fourth outfielder or as a role player, those guys, you can hide them when you've got a lot of aircraft carriers. But when they're out there in the ocean by themselves, we get to see what they really can be without the cover of an aircraft carrier. Yeah, you know, Mike
1: Elias, when he was here, and even in Seattle with, the, with I mean, uh, in Baltimore, with the propaganda that he's put out about their player development, right? Um, now, I, I'm telling you, I can't get past it. That I've never seen an organization put something out and says, hi, we're the best at what we do. Our facilities are so outstanding. Won't you come play for the Orioles? I've never seen anybody
0: do that. Like it's a, it's a, it's a TV ad. Like well, I've seen colleges do it, but, oh, but yeah, that's that's and, college recruiting. And just to be, just to be, uh, for accuracy's sake, he did not say those exact words. No,
1: but I mean, I'm paraphrasing. But I mean, like, if you're a major league organization, you don't have to do that. Like, you don't have to do, you don't have to turn around and some, It's like he's running for re-election. Like, you, what are you running for? Like, you're the GM of a major league baseball team. You may have, um got there by selling work as yours that's not yours but by the same token you're still a gm major league baseball team back to the astros this is what we're talking about the astros he he didn't draft well like i've said this forever i got attacked on twitter i got hate mail i got you know jeremy hates houston you know and and, and point of fact like i i brought myself right back to texas as soon as i could after this pandemic thing was through right so it's not about um, any of that. It's about he didn't draft well. You're seeing it now. There's no depth. So when guys like Alvarez, and, and look, and I get that's a lot to lose at one time at any point Alvarez, Altuve, and Bregman all are gone. There's no way to step in. A guy like Miles Straw, who, God bless him, was apparently DMing people uh, about how, what kind of a year he was going to have. You didn't see this on Twitter? So, yeah, it was put out there on Twitter that before the season. Miles Straw was DMing people about don't jump on the bandwagon when I when I ball or whatever he said. Um, he's a role player, exactly what he is. And he's he fits in as a he's not even a second division regular for me, but he is a good guy to fill in in different spots. steal some bases, pick up some decent at bats, spell some innings. He's a guy that, that belongs in the big leagues, but not every day. Now, can those things change? Sure. Right now, that's what it is. That's what, it, that's what it probably projected as, but they drafted and, and signed these type of guys because they're safe, they're safe. And it's not about just getting to the big leagues, it's about winning championships. And Miles Straw can help you win a championship if you've got aircraft carriers everywhere
0: else. And then I guess I prematurely buried the A's, didn't I? <laughs> I said, yeah, wow, it was, it was, wow. I, let me rephrase that. I didn't bury them. I just said, listen, they're going to look back and say, wow, all that, all those games that we lost in April, uh, they may come back to bite us, but man,
1: I got it. I got yeah. a good buddy of mine who's a, a major league scout and,
0: uh, wow, that's a shock. Anyways, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Me friends in the scouting community who knew I remember I'm bitter. I'm bitter at all those guys, bitter, ex, bitter scout. Um, anyway, um, and he, the next day, he, heard, he listened to us. And the next day, he sent me a text like at 6 a.m. He goes, you guys are wrong about the A's. They're going to be this, this. And I was like, well, I'm just saying they can't get off to a start like that. Well, they rattled off 10 in a row. I mean, that's why it's early, you know. Um, the Astros were, still have a very good team for this year. They're not a World Series team. They're short on the mound. Um, they're short overall offensively, but they're good enough to win that division. You know, but I mean, a couple of years ago, I, I learned my lesson. I said on the air with you, I said, I'm never going to never again get a bet against Billy Bean and David Forrest for being competitive and getting where they have to get to, um, you know, and and I'm, I'm with you. Starting that, starting the way they did is rough to get out of, but they get out of it in a big way. They rattle off 10 in a row.
0: But I think this Astros team could also rattle off 10 in a row at some point. Um, well, maybe not 10 in a row because that's – um Not the way the pitching, the starting pitching, which was somebody's biggest concern. Um, Maybe if they get some guys healthy, yeah, yeah, they could probably rattle off 10 in a row. I think they could probably rattle off 10 in a row.
1: I still think that they're the best team in the West, regardless of what the standings say today for 21. I don't think that's going to be the case in 22. And I really don't think that's going to be the case in 23 or 24 or 25. Right now, the window is still open. A little bit to get them to the uh, postseason, and they do have a club that can do it. They're just, they just, but they don't. They can't afford to lose guys. If they go through another stretch or two where you know Correa's out and he hasn't been out yet, but I mean, you know if Valdez is out. There's another guy, right? So if you think about it, they lost really their number one or two, depending on which column colors. Um, Odorizzi's just been eh, right? Some other guys just been eh. So starting rotation has been short, and then they lose all their bats in the same week for health protocols. I mean, that's going to be a rough week for anybody. That's not just them.
0: One of the more remarkable stories, and I have mentioned the word remarkable last time, but one of the more remarkable stories right now is something that we've never seen in Major League Baseball is a guy like Corbin Burns from the Brewers who has struck out 40 hitters in 24 innings and has walked zero guys zero guys with 40 strikeouts, a 0.37 ERA. He was in the 2016 class. So do you, do you, do you recall seeing him at all? Cause he was at St. Mary's in California. Did you scout him at all? You know, St.
1: Mary's in 2015, didn't have a whole lot. Um, you know, so I didn't run across them in 2015 and I was doing the West coast. Um, but here's, here's what I will say. I had this conversation two days ago with somebody about the draft, about you know how the draft's going to unfold and who's going to go where. And I said, I want you to think about this for a second. The number one pick in the draft this year will not be the best player to come out of the draft. And he goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, go back and look at the drafts and tell me how many true number one overall guys have been the best player, right? And if you go back and look at it, there's been a few. There's been a couple, but there really hasn't been that many, right? The argument in 2009 would be for me, Steve Strasburg versus Mike Trout versus Paul Goldschmidt. Strasburg was number one, Goldschmidt was the eighth round, Trout was 24. Who do you take out of those three? Because I know who I'm taking, okay? So the number one player in the draft wasn't the best player in, in the draft, right? If you go back to 2010, you look at Bryce Harper, to be honest with you, I don't remember the rest of that draft, Um I don't know that Harper's the best player in the 2010 draft. I have to go back and really study it. I can't say he isn't I have to go back and really study. It, right. Um, he's good, but is he the best player? Don't know. Um, but I can tell you that in 2000 um, uh, number one pick in 2000 what was, it, was it 2013 for, you know, Appel, he's not the best player in the 2013 draft, the 2012 draft, you go back and you look that's Correa. He's number one, right. Go back and look down that Buxton, list. Buxton's starting to come on this year. But, anyways, was, go ahead. Buxton was two. But there's other guys in that draft who have done well. Correa's, Correa's been good. Is he better than the rest of these guys? 2011 draft, number one pick overall was. Man, who was number one in 2011? That was a great. Garrett Cole. Okay. So, Garrett Cole's number one. We'll look at that draft. You got Lindor. You've got Cole. You've got Springer. You've got uh, uh, Baez. Bauer. You've got – bauer bauer and three i would say cole is is the best in that draft so far but i i'd say Lindor. is trevor story
0: trevor story
1: yeah trevor story is sandwich pick but i I would say snell there's another one but i would say i really would say that cole's probably at the top of that list but lindor is not far behind and you can make an argument for lindor because he plays every day right so so the point is that you don't, it's not, he's not going to be the number one player, best player in the, in the draft. Just going to go number one overall Corbin Burns, fourth round pick. Okay. Fourth round pick Milwaukee Brewers command and control strike thrower has enough velocity grew in his velocity as he got stronger and he's dominating baseball in a league right now where strikeouts are more prevalent than breathing air. Okay. It's ridiculous how many times guys are swinging and missing. Um, and it's not the mounds fault. It's not the velocity's fault. It is your eyes will adjust to stuff like that. It's not it. It is the approaches these guys are taking where their mind can't relax and their body can't function. And so guys like Corbin, Bernson, or Corbin Burns are, are attacking that and having success because they have several weapons for these guys' approaches, which are just in the one spot. So it's unprecedented. Um, he's setting some up to throw strikes for a long time. I talked to a different major league scout yesterday about these guys and, and, and the approach in the big leagues. And it's, it's, it, we're going to go back. We're going to go back to that. We're going to go back to guys. that are 88 to 92, 91, 93, throwing strikes, putting the ball in play, you know, sp- be able to spin the breaking ball, go East and West and hitters who can move the baseball around the field and, and score runs. So that not only is the game more active, but these you know, we're not sitting here watching home runs anymore. Uh, you know, every, every time people swing, trying to go deep. I'll tell you this for me, Gary Sheffield came out in the paper and I can't remember the name of this, of this thing. It was sent to me. I know you saw it and talked about how baseball was boring. He did not watch it anymore. Yep. Well, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but he did say something I thought was pretty accurate. He said, home runs used to be exciting because they didn't happen all the time. Now they happen all the time. Do you get excited or watching a guy throwing hundred miles an hour anymore and watching a guy hit the ball 500 feet happens all the time because that's what we've done. We've made baseballs into golf balls, right? We've taken a swing that's designed to do one thing. And we've got guys who can't throw can't throw 14 fastballs for strikes. And when they do their mistakes, what do you think happens when it goes thigh high? Here's another one. The, an, the analysts are telling you to throw up in the strike zone. Let's use Jamison Tallion for a second, who's a Houston guy, pitcher for the Yankees. Long body, 6'8", whatever he is, right? JMO is a great kid. He's a grown man now, he's a great kid. Long body. He needs to pitch above the baseball for angles. He has to work down in the strike zone. His body is not going to work like a Sonny Gray who's going to get away at the top of the zone. So when Tallion tries to throw that four-seam straight and light fastball, instead of that hammer curveball he doesn't want to throw and his cutter to go east and west and north and south, he ends up sitting about thigh high at 97. Well, if people are going to turn around 97 thigh high like that, don't tell me it's the velocity. Tell me it's how these guys are doing it. So these, the way we're approaching this is everybody's got to be the same. Everybody's got to do it this way. And yes, that's boring. That is boring. Trevor Bauer and Jameson Tyne are two different guys. Okay. And Gary Sheffield was right about that. So you go see a guy like Burns and he's attacking the strike zone. He's pitching inside inside and out. He's getting soft, soft contact. He's pitching effectively into games. That's fun to watch. That's exciting. Hopefully the rest of the league takes notice because... That's the type of guy that needs to be going out there every fifth day.
0: Jameson is 6'5. So you're right in that ballpark. Uh, 2010 draft, I looked it up. Okay. Harper number one. Manny Machado was number three. You'd take Machado over Harper, right? Christian Yelich was in the first round. That's the guy. Noah Syndergaard was also in that draft in the uh, supplemental yeah. supplemental round,
1: thirty fourth overall or something like that. I take Yelich over any of those dudes. I'm sorry. I take Yelich over any of those guys. I take him over Machado because really is the game. Oh yeah, Machado because the way he plays the game. Oh, yeah. game. I take him because and he's left handed. I would take him. Uh, he's a better pure hitter than, than, uh, than Harper is. And, and Machado is, he doesn't have quite the sexiness these guys have, but yellow, he can flat out hit. He's a gr- excellent player. He's a great, he's great in the communities. And that's not a knock on the other guys, but Christian, Yelich is going to give you everything he has every time down the line, every time he plays the game, Machado is on record saying he's not going to do that. Right. Harper plays too hard almost sometimes because he's running the walls and you got to love that about him. But you know, as far as carrying his team to the world series, it's not a knock on the guy. He just hadn't done it yet. You know, Yelich is playing in a small market, hasn't had the weapons around him. Although they've been good, the weapons around him that you know Harper and Machado have had, and Yelich is you know one year what he had three forty with seven hundred home runs and one hundred six you know one thousand RBIs. It was a great year. MVP. I take Yelich any day, anytime. So there you go. Harper, to two thousand ten. Kristen Yelich, best player picked twentieth. All right. That's just the first round.
0: So that St. Mary's team that you talked about, that St. Mary's team has actually sent two guys to the big leagues, including Burns.
1: In sixteen.
0: No, fifteen. Well, you said you hadn't. You sixteen was the draft, but you said you didn't look at them in fifteen because they you did you know they were a bit light. So
1: for on prospects for two thousand
0: fifteen draft. No, so just was, in general, I think just prospects in general, right? Uh,
1: yeah. Who, who else did they? have? was
0: the other guy? Tony Gonsolin. No way. Yeah. Interesting. two way guy, interesting. Yeah, so he was uh he pitched, he hit, and um, yeah, so that that St. Mary's team has two big leaguers. Interesting. Well, I, I think we'll.
1: It. What's that? I can't blame it on Devin Moore because he didn't have the the uh, Northern California.
0: That uh, St. Mary's team finished twenty eight and twenty seven. Uh, Gonsolin was the. Uh, about the seventh best hitter, and then uh, he uh, pitched mostly out of relief and led the team in saves with seven. Burns, I don't know if he was the number one starter. I'm guessing he was. He had uh, 91 strikeouts and 89 innings, had three complete games, Went seven and five for a team that was 28 and 27. So um, gosh, I had no idea that we'd be talking about the Gales (laughs) on this edition. Of extra bases. Hey, you know, while we're talking scouting reports or college teams, I'll pull up one from 2015. Colby Allard. Remember him? Now with the Texas Rangers relief pitcher. At the time, you said you thought he the upside was a two-starter in a major league role, power arm, advanced high school arm with field for three future-plus pitches can pitch with his fastball more than enough curve and change to protect it to both righties and lefties flashes of dominant strike throwing ability has shown he can lose his rhythm and spurts just as quick. I'm wondering that's why we're now seeing a relief pitcher. Basically struggles to get back on track and pitches himself into trouble, has all the ingredients of being able to eat innings and be efficient in his operation. You said, um, Again, major league role. You thought he'd be a number two starter as a lefty, and um, the major league comparison we talked before this podcast. I wouldn't tell you who your major league comp was, but you thought you thought that maybe you had had jotted down Scott Kazmir. That's not right, or at okay. least, oh, let me rephrase that. That's not what you wrote. I'm not saying it wasn't right.
1: What I, what I put. Mark Langston. Yeah, I was searching for a shorter stockier, you know, strong left-hander, I guess. I could shoot
0: Mark Langston, four-time All-Star, three-time strikeout leader in the American League, calls games for the Angels. I've run into him in the elevator at Minute
1: Maid Park. But Kobe had that type of stuff and he had that type of ability. Something happened when he went out in the professional baseball where um, he just stopped throwing strikes. Something happened mentally, you know, and so he's becomes that erratic stuff you saw, you know, precursors of in high school. Um, you know, is obviously taking root, and so now he's in the bullpen, right? And that's where he, that's where he is. But you know, he's still going to be an effective big leaguer. He's got a short look right now. I think you said what three games. So you know, he'll he'll pitch. He'll be fine. Um, it's in the bullpen for now. Maybe he throws enough strikes, get back in the rotation. But it's in, in some nights he would show you everything you wanted, and other nights it was all over the map.
0: But as you always say, it belongs on a t-shirt. Relievers are volatile. Relievers are volatile, no doubt. That's yeah. what I say, uh, you know, when everyone talks about the pen and the Astros, I say relievers are volatile. Volatile. Yeah, it's funny, you know, uh, if
1: you say that, it brings up another Devitt Moore memory. So I just heard the other day, you know, uh, Devitt's still with the Mariners and our old scouting director's with the Royals. Um uh, Apparently they were going, they were at the same ballpark and it was kind of, they were seeing a reliever. A guy was a reliever. I guess came in. So we were waiting on. Um, and David Moore was apparently out in the parking lot waiting for Tom to get there with a the big sign said, Tom McNamara parks here. The spots reserved for Tom McNamara while the game was going on, so Matt could get there. It was amazing to see. You know, it was, it was outstanding to hear. But uh, I'm glad those two were able to be reunited.
0: Is that really true? Wait a minute. That's a joke, right?
1: I I mean, I, all I heard is that they were glued to the hip, and Devin wouldn't let him out of his sight, and they didn't even work for the same team anymore. So. Okay.
0: Yeah. But I, it was a
1: reliever. It for a
0: reliever. for um, <laughs> for legal reasons, I do not know if that story's <laughs> true. I don't know anything about it. We don't oh, know anything about it here. All right, this. I'm joking, but
1: I do know that they were in the same ballpark. It was definitely an arm. And uh, it, it was apparently the same old act. It was funny. It, was, it got back to me so fast. It
0: was, it was hilarious. Oh, boy. All right. You know, this is just another episode where we really had no plan going in. And look, I don't even know what we, how much we filled here.
1: Well, we talked for a while.
0: All right. Well, it's coming up on 11.50 p.m. in uh, the Central Time Zone. So I think it's about time to shut her down. We'll do Operation... We can do that. We can do a Derek Bell. What's that? Shut it down? Derek Bell, you don't remember that story?
1: He was with the Astros, the Blue Jays, no. or the
0: Pirates? He's with the Pirates. Operation do? Shutdown. Oh, that's right. Operation oh, Shutdown. In fact, the, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette did a uh, a little bit of a flashback, a revisit with Derek Bell who man he could play when he first came up woof and uh, unfortunately it, according to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette that cataracts have have really affected uh, Derek's eyes for, forcing him to quit his job as an assistant coach high school baseball coach in Tampa and and you know Derek's only 51 years old so
1: can't you get those removed now
0: I I don't know I'm I'm not an optometrist I don't know hmm. But man, no. I, I remember when he came up through. I'm, um, you know, being from Syracuse, New York. I remember him coming up through the Blue Jays system, and certainly one of the top prospects uh, in the American League East when he was coming up. Could do a little bit of everything, right? Good player, five-tool,
1: five-tool guy. Good player. Played for a long time. Who else did he play for? Astros. Uh, yeah, Astros, Pirates, and Blue Jays. I remember. Wasn't there somebody else in there too? Padres. San Diego. Yeah.
0: I mean, look at '96 uh, with the Astros, 17 homers, 113 runs driven in, 29 stolen bases. Had a 2020 year in um, in '93 with the Padres. So yeah, Derek Bell, good player, good player. <laughs> All right, well, Bell's ringing now. Time to. Time to sign off another Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. As always, like, subscribe, share, and tell us what you're thinking, what you want to know, what you'd like us to talk about. And again, as always, thanks for listening, everybody.